And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? Welcome into The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. We are presented by John's Auto Marquette. You can give us a call, 906 226 4570. Walking in with actually zero seconds left on the clock is Charlie Bremer. I appreciate that you put in so much time and dedication into preparing for this show, coming on, coming in early, getting ready. Thank you. Thank you for your service. The doctors, the doctors, Blake, they just can't. They're fascinated by me. They, mm. they, they just can't get enough of looking at me. You know, I could, I could take fa- that a different way, but I'm not going to. I'm a fascinatingly, uh, I don't know what the term is, just uh, I guess we can go with strange specimen. That's fair. And... Uh, you know, I try and consolidate my trips to town. I always think, oh, if I schedule this appointment, you know, 2 o'clock, should be plenty of time to get to the show by 4. And it's not. Well, it was. Was it plenty of time? Plenty. Because technically the intro started when you walked in. It's perfect. So you're technically late. Perfect timing. So we've got a lot to get to. Uh, luckily you're here, so we can actually get to some of it. The, you know what my motto is, though, Blake? What? Day late, a couple inches short. Mm. So we'll get to some football. Shea Patterson is a starter for Michigan. The veil has been lifted, finally. We'll uh, get to a little NMU football. It's been a while since we talked about the Wildcats. Always wanted to get into NMU football. I'm glad. Because I have so many friends that played for NMU. I just... Okay. Well, we'll... Always seem to be distracted by the NFL. Okay. I thought you were being sarcastic there at first, but it sounds like your no. interest is genuine. Genuine. I'm always genuine, Blake. Come on. You know me. I'm so genuine. Okay. Well, we'll hear from Coach Kyle Nystrom. He had his press conference today. Get some audio from that. Uh, some baseball. Two big trades should be worrying the Brewers. Uh, uh-oh. Your knees should be you know, shaking you if know I what? were you. And the only thing that worries, worries the Brewers is seeing the ball hitting the ball, not striking out. Yeah, that's a big problem, isn't it? That's their only problem. If it wasn't for the strikeout, they'd be the only, best team in baseball. Only problem? Come on, I Blake. feel like if... You're at, such a downer on my Brewers. I'm just saying. It's it's just miraculous that they're 13 games over 500. Fair. I'm happy with that. Okay. Anything over five, 500 or better, it's just like with my Bucks. If they have a season, if they're 500 or better, I'll take it. It's kind of a sad outlook, and that's your only expectation. Well... But hey, I got that's because fo- football is I mean football rules Wisconsin really. And look at the Packers, they got the Packers every year and all oh, the Badgers are ranked 4th. You know the Badgers are always drastically underrated. So now that they're actually ranked 4th, that's scary starting the season out. No, it makes me think well, since they're always underrated, they're probably still underrated. They should probably be ranked first. Yeah. means no. they're going to go undefeated win the national championship, They'd right? lose by 3 touchdowns to Bama right now at least. Well, wouldn't everybody? Yes. So then okay. they shouldn't be number one. I don't believe there's a shame in finishing second to Alabama. No, there is not. I'm not saying there is. What What Nick Saban has done there. And these things coming out, oh, an anonymous coach this, anonymous source that. Man. Put your name to it. People, That's all I'm saying. All people want to do is win whatever it is they're doing in life. But they hate the real, they hate the winners, don't they? Mm-hmm. The Bill Belichick's. Well, if, for if some for good reason. The the Nick Sabans, the the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. the organization as a whole. Well, if you're not a cheesehead. There's a lot of reasons for if that. If you're not a cheesehead, they they hate us. Okay. They all hate us, and we love we love it. We right. love to be hated because that means we're doing what we want to do. Yeah. Win. Give us a call. You can tell Charlie they how should. much you hate the Packers. Nine zero six two two six four five seven zero. Like I said, I know we got the three two three guys at Bergdahl's and the dog listening again this week. Nice. Maybe they'll pick up the phone and give us a call. Maybe. Are they gonna chicken out this time? Oh, they're probably elbow deep in some oil, whatever they're doing over there. Elbow deep in grease. It's over my head. That's for sure. All but, I know how to work on a car is how to drive it to the dealership. I know. I know. Uh, how to get my car up on the jack stands, how to get it up, jack it up, get the jack stands underneath it, start hitting something with a hammer, making some noise, then my dad will come. Save the day. Yep. There you go. That's, so that's what I know how to do, get my dad's attention so he can mm-hmm. fix it for me. So yesterday, we talked about preseason overreactions. No, and no. It's, you did. No, no, no. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yesterday on the sports yeah. pen, which you were not on, so I talked about it. With I'm always Rachel. I'm always a part of the sports pen, though. It's always In I hold your, it dear, okay. near and dear to myself. So then we talked about it, and we we talked about preseason overreactions for the Packers and the Lions. Both sides overreact to everything they see, and it it almost sounded like you didn't listen to the show because you fell right into that preseason overreaction trap can i read some of these text messages from me from you i'm kind of nervous oh you're reading i hope you don't read the wrong ones that might get embarrassing i know i these will be heavily redacted heavily vetted text messages from me to blake yes so just to give a little background every time i get a text message from charlie it's usually about uh what is it 500 words long. Well, I was going to say at least five pages. Five pages. I I'm, feel I'm like rocking. I have to sit down, put on reading glasses, See, but and you're, just settle in and read You're them. in for it now, Blake. The last two weeks I've been rocking this flip phone, so it's got a five-page maximum per text. <laughs> I got an iPhone today. I got, I'm going to go headed to AT&T store to get that thing turned on. Oh, no. You're in for it now. Mm. Now I can go back to sending these 12-page, 15-page texts nonstop. Oh, no. My thumbs are just going to be sweating. So you were at the Packers game. Right? I was. I was doing my reporting. So you you told me. Can I quote you? Now? They wouldn't. They wouldn't let me on the sideline, but I was doing that's, my reporting. That's smart on their part. Oh, and, yep. I'm surprised they even let you in the building. Well, so I'm going to quote this from you. Cheese is in my blood. All right. You say, "quote I've seen many, many good pack teams play many. in person, many. both in regular and preseason, and I've never seen a team that well-rounded." They are deep. They are deep. So you saw one preseason game, and you're yep. saying this is the best Packers team you've ever seen in your life. Um, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is they are the deepest. Their roster is more filled out. They're the, mo they're the most well-rounded. They have holes in the secondary still that can be exploited, and they will be exploited for many yards and for many touchdowns. But – they're going to make their plays. It's just like it, this. that game was exactly what I expect to see all offseason. I've been saying the Packers' defense this year, they're going to get gashed just like they always do, but they're going to make enough big plays to make up for it. In that preseason game, is exactly what happened. They were getting gashed, but they had the two pick sixes. They blew the Steelers right out. It's preseason. They made their big plays. They did. But and it's preseason. But, but still, you can't. I don't. I don't. Al think already, what I've been predicting is already happening, and it's only the preseason. No, it's impossible because preseason means nothing. That's how I look at nothing it. Nothing happens. Oh, a lot happens. No, Cleveland. There's, Cleveland Browns went undefeated last preseason. There are, there are guys' livelihoods and their jobs are at stake. Yeah. Oh, for there sure. Is more happening now. It just doesn't count in the record books. I mean, it's like you don't even listen to the show. We made, we listen basically made show. fun of no, people for overreacting. Agree. I just don't agree. You cannot. With that. You can read into some things, but you can't make sweeping oh. judgments like that. You you don't want to overreact. People overreact. No, they're overreacting to the final score. They're overreacting to a team's record. Then you just brag about blowing out the Steelers. Wouldn't that be bragging about the final score? No. What I was trying to get at was they got gashed, but they made their big plays when it mattered most. Against Landry Drones and uh, backup quarterback uh, yeah. rookie Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, Josh well, Dobbs, and Mason other guys Rudolph played in the NFL. Mason Rudolph is he's pegged to take Ben Roethlisberger's job in a few years. That's not that's a big deal. In a few years, in a few years, he's yeah. a rookie. Most of the guys that were playing him, playing against him, were looking to be taken like. Reggie Gilbert, he's looking to take Clay Matthews' job next year. That should be pretty easy. He had two and a half sacks. That should be pretty easy. Pretty easy. You're such a, you are such a funny joke. You're just a joker. You're not when 82 you years so old. You can run around a little bit. Yeah, you got the job. Clay Matthews, I've been saying it all offseason, too. He's going to be back to 10 sacks this year. The defense behind him is good enough. Clay Matthews has 10 sacks. That means that everybody else around him is either injured or terrible, and he's left to clean up the slack. No, everybody else around him has been injured or terrible the last several years. That is true. And, and he's, his numbers have just dropped off. What, what, the defensive line this year is that good 
Muhammad Wilkerson, Kenny Clark, and Mike Daniels. Are you kidding me? These guys eating up blocks. It's allowing Clay Matthews to go one-on-one. -on -one and and I don't care how old. Clay Matthews would be able to win one-on-ones in the NFL till he's 40 years old. Yeah, he's not able to beat the double teams like he used to. But their teams are trying to... They, they they think they see a drop-off in performance, and I'm sure there is mildly, but he is still capable of winning most one-on-ones against any tackle in the league. And and he's going to get a lot of one-on-ones this year. Right, because they're not going to respect him. They're going to nope. make him earn it. It's They're going to make him earn it, but also it's because there's too many other guys. Nick Perry's going to be out there. He's a Pro Bowl caliber pass rusher. Reggie Gilbert... I don't think he's going to be a pro bowler ever in his career, but he's going to be a respectable outside linebacker, and he can really set the edge. Uh, what, what worries me about him and has always worried me about Reggie Gilbert is he's a bit of a late bloomer. He's put on some weight here the last couple of years. Um, I've always been – he's had the pass rush, but it's can he be out there for all four downs? And he's he's finally proving this this preseason, this offseason – that he can, he's put on an, the extra 10, 15 pounds. He was setting the edge. He's still a little light for, you know, your typical outside linebacker in a 3-4, but he's really holding his own so he can stay out on the field on running downs and be on for the third and longs and so he can make his money sacking the quarterback. I really hope the Packers can somehow swing a deal for Khalil Mack. They have the draft capital to do it. Next year, if they want, Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews' contracts are going to be off the books. They're going to have plenty there it would to, make sense. to offer Mack. But I don't trust the Packers to do it. I don't think they're going to. Um, I don't think – I just don't think, you know, with, with Rodgers and then adding a guy like Mack – on defense, I don't think they're going to be comfortable tying up that much of their cap into two players like that. But if they could swing it, I think Gutekunst would be the guy to make it happen. And and with the way they were able to just immensely add value in the draft last year, I think that they would give up one of their first rounders next year and well, a second have rounder. You'd well, have you to. would certainly have to. But th I think that they'd be willing to. Would they be willing to part with both of their first-rounders next year? I doubt it. Hmm. But I think they'd give up a first, a second, and, you know, uh, maybe a player. Well, it's so risky because just because you trade for him doesn't mean he's just going to re-sign with you next year. Because, you know, you could say, oh, you're the Packers, but what if he just wants to go where he gets paid? That's true, and, and that's what the reports have all said, is that the Raiders, before they made this deal with whatever team they're going to make the deal with, if there's a deal... Uh, would have to be willing to allow Mac, uh, you know, to talk with his have his people talk to the team's people. Right, and, they want some assurances. Out. And and I mean, the Packers with the way they've structured these deals, like I said, with Cobb and Matthews, and there's a few others as well. Um, I think you know they'd have the money to do it. It's just there's going to be other guys looking to get paid as well. They've obviously re-signed Corey Lindsley. Uh, Bakhtiari is under contract for a while. But there's going to be, you're always hoping, you know, who's who's going to really step up this year. Is Blake Martinez going to take another step? Then he's going to be looking for a, a contract. Uh, you know, there's there's different players that are going to be, hopefully the Packers would be able to have the money, the flexibility to make it happen. And without really, really tying their hands for the future, but uh, it's just one of those things, you know. Not going to happen. Probably not going to happen, but if it does, wow. I mean, I think even you could agree with that, that if they could acquire Khalil Mack and, and play, have Mack and Perry on the outside and then bring in Clay Matthews in their sub-packages and blitzing packages, my goodness, would that I mean, you got to be talking Super Bowl favorites then. A lot of guys already have him as their Super Bowl favorites. Mm -hmm. You had a Khalil Mack in his prime. 
That's a scary combination. Ooh, oh and and Nick Perry has to be one of the most underrated defensive players in the NFL. Well, he needs just needs more consistency. Exactly. What when he is on the field, Pro Football Focus has him rated as a top. Uh, they actually, it, I believe it was two years ago, he was the top uh, rush defending outside linebacker in the whole NFL. You know, that's Von Miller. That's all those guys. He sets the edge better than any of them when he's healthy. Well, of course. Well, even when he's not playing with that club on his hand, <laughs> he was ineffective. His pass rush was ineffective with that club on his hand, but he was still able to set the edge in the running game, and I think that's why the Packers were willing to play him hurt because he's still effective. I mean, what it, what is he? He's 6'3", 6'4", 270 pounds, 265 pounds, and he actually ran faster at the combine than Clay Matthews. Mm. Just a freak of an athlete, and... um you know, yeah. there's one guy that stood out to me in preseason, if, you're, if you want some overreactions, Oren Burks. He, well, he, yeah, I mean, I think for the Packers, Jake Ryan, uh, obviously with the way Oren Burks is, with what he's doing on the field, he's going to get his playing time. Yeah, but I'm not I expecting him to be a starter or no, anything. Well, but I guess he, he might he, be. He, he, will, he is going to be. He absolutely will be. He was, he was with the first team. He started the game last week. Um, he's going to be starting opposite of Blake Martinez in the 3-4. He's going to be, it's going to be their two inside linebackers will be Burks and Martinez. But um, Jake Ryan getting hurt, that might have been a blessing in disguise for the Packers as much as you hate to, you know, mm. anybody ever mm. blowing out a knee mm. like that. I don't know about that. Oren Burks is that type of, I mean, he's a third round pick. It's not like he right. was just some undrafted guy that, Ooh, he's surprising some people. No, the Packers had their expectations for him. They weren't expecting to have to play him so much so early, well, but he's delivering and, I think he's going to be you, – you want to play those guys early in the year so then come December and January, they're they're ready for it. But I think at the same time, you'd prefer to kind of work them in at their own pace and make sure they're ready. You would prefer. If you, if you rush them, then you could just destroy their confidence. They create bad habits. You would prefer, but there's always those guys like Clay Matthews when he came into the league, took it by storm. There's always those guys that – they take that challenge and put a chip on their shoulder, and uh, they make the most of it. And and he seems like he might be one of those guys. Hmm. Okay. So what is that, seven-time Pro Bowl, or is that what you're predicting already? Uh, well, you know, it's it's difficult for those. <laughs> Through two preseason games? It's difficult for those middle linebackers to really – it's hard to really put a value on what they do. Um like Blake Martinez last year had 158-some tackles. Um, but, you know, that's because he had such a good defensive line in front of him eating up all the blocks. And it's just, you're unblocked, you better make those plays. Mm -hmm. So he had 158 tackles, but how spectacular is that really? For Burks to really be a next level, I think it's already established that if he's left unblocked, he's able to make the play, just like Martinez, just like Ryan. But... Is he going to be that middle linebacker that gives you the three or four picks a year? Is he the middle linebacker that can stay on the field for the third and longs and cover a tight end? And so far, it seems like there's a very good potential for that to be the case. I mean, it's a wait-and-see type of deal, and he'll have two more games to really show that. But I, I think the Packers are going to be starting him week one with Blake Martinez. And and really when you look at the roster, what they don't really have much of a choice. Yeah, it's like what else? A couple other players before we move on. I know you okay. probably I've probably already gone on way Bullet too long about here. this. I think the biggest impact addition for the Packers are gonna have this year, obviously Muhammad Wilkerson, it'd be easy to say him. Obviously Jimmy Graham. I think it's gonna be Mercedes Lewis. First to touch on Jimmy Graham the Packers had it. I don't know what down it was. It was that first touchdown Rodgers threw to Jimmy Graham. Um, with the way they were lined up, I told my who took me to the game, uh, my neighbor Greg took me to the game. Another shout-out to Greg. He gets mentioned a lot. Mm -hmm. He's the one who told me you, you always whooped me in the DH debate. Well, that's true. So, well, yeah, apparently I so. I like him too. 
<laughs> but um, I I told I told Greg, well, they're gonna run a a drag in, and uh, there's gonna be a pick, and we're gonna see, and and that's exactly what they did run, but they ran that, and uh, it was a fake drag in, so to speak. The Steelers had it sniffed out. They knew that it was coming. They played it perfectly, and after they ran the initial route, Graham stood there for a second, acted like all oh, plays, and you know I'm covering her. And um, he lulled the defender to sleep, fake, faked the out, and then ran an in again. So he kind of ran a zig in route or whatever you want to call it. It was like a kind of like a a short variation of a post. Corner. We got it. It was such a beautiful play. They, it was like they told the Steelers, we're going to run this drag in, and then the, they ran it, and the Steelers thought, oh, we had that sniffed out. And then, bam, there was a whole second level to the play. And Rodgers, when Rodgers threw the ball, he was still covered, which, which was another part of the beauty of it. Just that play in and of itself, seeing that already between Rodgers and Graham, oh, man. As a Packers fan, does that ever get you excited? Well, you have to be excited if the Packers use him like the Saints did and not like the Seahawks. Yes, and, and from what I saw, that's exactly what they're mm-hmm. – what they're and, and it's not – he didn't co- come to Green Bay. He didn't sign with Green Bay just as some – we know how he ended up in Seattle. They traded for him. He came to Green Bay on his own free will. They told him, you know, this is what we're looking to do. This is what we're – so it's – Nobody wants to be. Nobody wants Jimmy Graham to be more successful than Jimmy Graham. So he knew the situation he was coming into, and I'm sure he believes there's going to be a lot of success. Mm-hmm. But Mercedes Lewis, he came in first play he was in, stood up a right tackle, just held that block well, he's, for three he's or a four seconds. Tight end. Incredible the way he could stand up that tackle, and then the very next play he chipped the tackle and broke down the scene for a 20, 25 yard pass. Turned the way his body control turned in high point of the ball. It was not an easy catch, even for a big, tall guy like him. Man, he's got the hands to make it happen. I think he is going to be the biggest offseason addition the Packers have made. Mercedes Lewis is going to make all the difference for that team. Wow. It's like having another tackle on the field for the run game and for pass protection. And really. He runs routes just like Jimmy Graham. He's just a little bit slower. Very slow. And but and and the linebacker they had lined up against Mercedes Lewis for most of the second and third quarters couldn't couldn't run with him. It, even though he's thirty five, um, he's just one of those tight ends that you see those tight ends every now and again. That it seems like the older they get, the better they are. Wiley veteran. He he is a wily of wily veterans, and he can still stick his nose in there and hammer with the tackles, and and then he'll do that several plays in a row. Then all of a sudden he's breaking down the seam for a twenty yard pass, and you got to believe that there's no better quarterback to find him on those seam routes than Rodgers. I just the way this offense is coming together with Joe Philbin being back, and um, and 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 they're really going back to what made him great in 2010 and just seeing it all again, it's like the 2010 offense, but better. Okay. It's just, oh, I'm so excited. So those are all the takeaways after seeing two preseason games. And Blake calls it an overreaction. Yes. I'm probably overanalyzing what I saw, but what I saw was what I had hoped to see times 10, and that's why I'm so excited Okay. It. Well, we had... Way too much Packers talk. Way we, too much we're, for We're good for a next, the next month. Way too much. But don't we have to do our picks? What about our picks? Yeah. Well, the pick is in. Packers are winning the Super Bowl. Put it in the bank and earn yourself oh some interest. Gosh. No. No, we're not doing that. We're moving on. We've got things to do. You ate up all your time. I ate it up and yep. spit it out. We're going to talk some Michigan football. How about some Badgers? We might sneak them in there. And then some Tigers, Brewers. And some NMU football. That, Don't forget about that, that. I'm good for So we got a little bit of everything. Nice. A little grab bag, you call it. Stick with us here on the Sports Pen presented by John's Auto Marquette. You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money. You want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven. That's our commitment to you. 
It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. We'll be back with more of the Sports Pen right after this on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Mainly cloudy skies early tonight, but skies gradually begin clearing as we drop back to a low temperature of 57 with winds out of the west at 10 to 20 miles an hour. Wednesday looks mainly sunny, a high of 75 degrees with winds out of the northwest at 10 to 20 miles an hour. Wednesday night, clear with a low temperature of 59 degrees and southwest winds at 5 to 10. Thursday, sunny with a high temperature of 79 degrees. On Friday, we'll see a chance of showers and storms with a high temperature of 73. Saturday, cloudy with a high temperature of 75. On Sunday, we'll see a chance of showers and storms with a high temperature of 78. Monday, a chance of showers and storms with a high temperature of 75 degrees. Tuesday, partly cloudy, with temperatures topping out in the mid-70s. Again, your forecast for tonight, gradually clearing skies with a low temperature of 57 and west winds at 10 to 20. And for Wednesday, lots of sunshine with a high temperature around 75 and northwesterly winds at 10 to 20 miles an hour. I'm meteorologist Ray Miller on ESPN-UP. Right now, it's 59. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Give us a call, 906-226-4570. Blake, are you feeling the pressure? No, I feel no pressure. I'm feeling the pressure. Well, you should. I'm feeling the heat. You really should. Well, I always do. Good. Pressure keeps you strong. And then, then, no, I crumble, end up in the fetal position. Why why are we having you on here, then? I I don't need people like that. I need winners. What do you think you see in me, Blake? What is it? It's a little bit different every time I look at you. What is it? A I'm a rambling man. Kind of. I'm not a gambling man, though. That's good. Let's talk some Michigan football. Let's do it. Man, Packers and Michigan? This is not a good show. It's, it's rough. What do you mean it's not a good show? It's a great show. Well-rounded. I mean, content-wise, it's great. But, like, for my teams, this is not good. No. Well, your teams, a lot of your teams are in some rough spots right mm, now. We don't need to talk about that. No. Let's talk some Michigan football. Finally, finally, and kind of... Anticlimactically, the veil was lifted on Michigan's quarterback race. Shea Patterson was announced as a starter. It was at an M Club luncheon, so an alumni luncheon in Ann Arbor. It sounds like Jim Harbaugh just made an offhand comment about it and then later realized, oh, wait, I accidentally revealed who our starter's going to be and then had to just run with it. Right. Well... Speaking of Michigan quarterbacks, are you surprised that Jake Rudock is sticking with the Lions the way he is? That was about 15 seconds before he just pulled us right off topic. Well, that's just something that it just popped into my mind. I, what is this his second or third year with them? I believe it's going into his third year. Yeah, that's really good. I for feel him. like he's going to lose his job. I did not think that he was going to stick in the NFL for more than one preseason. So the fact that he did, yeah, making some good money, doing nothing. He didn't look that good in one game. So they always say they say. That the best job in the NFL is backup quarterback. I've said that plenty of times on this yeah. show. I'm a firm believer in that. But Shea Patterson will not be the backup. That would be Brandon Peters. Well, we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts for. Oh, are you are you saying that that might be something that will well, come later? You know how it's been in Michigan uh, for the last few years. It's just been a revolving door underneath that center's rear end. Mm-hmm. There's never been any stability in Harbaugh's tenure, at least, for it's, quarterback. It's funny, because from what I've seen, they're all, they all have a skill set. They're all there for a reason, and you can tell that they have some real talent, but none of them have been able to take that talent to the next level of, I, and I don't mean the NFL, but just take it to the next level of success. Like just, beating Ohio State? Yeah, they're just, it seems like they're all the same. Obviously, they're they're different quarterbacks, and they all do things a little bit differently, but to the same results. So this is kind of funny. Yeah. Well, I think Shea Patterson, 
I don't want to buy into the hype, but I'm kind of starting to. Really? Compared well, compared to a Brandon Peters or a Wilton Spate or a John O'Corn, I think he is head and shoulders above all of those players. I really thought John O'Corn was going to be the guy. Oh, I really did for a while. Terrible. His Loved first, it. His first couple games, I really did. He's got that arm. You know, Jim Harbaugh is really good at turning guys into game managers, it seems like, doesn't it? Well, in, in, in that, yeah. I don't know if it's him handcuffing the quarterbacks. and I think it's the style of the offense. It seems like they're all playing uncomfortable. Yes. Don't they all look extremely uncomfortable out there? Yes. And Jake Patterson is going to look uncomfortable in at least his first game. They have to go on the road to Notre Dame to open the season, never having played a snap for Michigan and not having played in almost a year because he was injured last yeah, year. And at least they're going to get that first loss out of the way real quick. Good point. Wow. Okay. Is it even going to be close? The suspense. You know, I think Michigan's defense is just so good it will be close. But they just don't have the playmakers that they need. Michigan just has to score, what, 20 points a game? And they're going to win most of the games they're in because that defense is so good. And it's incredible because that defense was so good last year, too. And yet the offense was so bad that it still managed to drag that team down. I, if I really feel like Michigan needs to, if they played more like Wisconsin does. Well, that's what they were trying to do. But you can't do it now with Shea Patterson. Because you have to embrace his well, skill set. Yeah, they needed they needed a whole off season. You know, they're they're constantly switching things up, and and you know, like like we said, that's probably what leads to the constant, seemingly uncomfortable, whatever you want to call it, the way their offense is going. I mean, they got some playmakers on special teams. Maybe they can get some points that way. We're talking about offense, though. Yeah, we are. So, I, I don't know. I think you have to be able to embrace change. And Shea Patterson is a spread quarterback. And I'm not saying that Michigan should all of a sudden become a spread team, but you have to use some of those concepts. You can't just shove him into your style and make him fit your style yeah. because then you're not utilizing him the, the way he should be. And that's just going to hamper the offense even more. If they want to do that, I'm all for it. But yeah, that's one thing me and you do share is uh, a natural. I don't want to say hatred, but a natural. You can say hatred. Could you? Well, you could. I won't. Okay. Uh, dislike? A, a very strong dislike. Okay. Uh, borderline hatred? Borderline. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to admit something that I didn't think I was going to admit. Yikes. I'm actually kind of starting to believe in your badgers. I've been thinking about it. Two years ago, I said, in two years. Really? And here they are. So here they are. Yep. Got a week schedule. As always. Right. That week schedule, if they do lose one game, that week schedule is going to, yes, and that's what hurts them. If they had a tougher schedule and lost one game, they could still have a chance. But if they lose one game this year, they are out. Right. They have the best offensive line in the country. By far. It's not even close. They have the best running back in the country. You want to talk about one of the best, Jonathan Taylor? Well, he's... Maybe second to Bryce Love. He's one of the best. Um, he's he's a top five running back, but really that offensive line is what seems to be catapulting right. him to the next level. I mean, when a guy like that can get a full head of steam and not get touched the first five yards, yeah, it's going to make him a lot harder to bring down. You want to talk about easiest jobs in football? How about Alex Hornibrook, where he has the best offensive line and great running back? That... He really, really needs to step up his game and just stop throwing the picks. Yeah, all just he has to do stop. is don't turn over the ball, don't be a game manager, and yes. you're going to win. The, I'm really a little bit nervous because they lost their, I don't know if he was an All-American. He was an All-American talent caliber. They lost their really good tight end from last year. Fumagalli. Yes, and uh, he's with the Broncos now. Um, seems like they're the tight ends with the Badgers are kind of like their offensive linemen. Yep. They always have next guy up. Um, but, and they lost some guys in the secondary, but the defense should basically be every bit of as good as it was last year. So if this offense can 
can run the ball like we expect them to, and if Hornibrook can just not turn it over, the Badgers are a shoe-in for the college playoffs. Oh, shoe-in. If if they can just not, that crazy left-handed quarterback, if he can just not turn it over. I, I believe that. I could buy into that. They have an easy path. Uh, Sports Illustrated has him in the college football playoff. They would have won that game against Ohio State last year if it wasn't for, what, his three picks. My it, goodness. I mean, it is Ohio State, great defense, so it's not like he's just a bad quarterback. It was a great team. Well, he is, he's, a, he's a good quarterback. That I would say he's over. average. Oh, he's better than average. If you put... He just turns the ball over too much. If you put one of the top quarterbacks in the game, you put... If you put either Trace McSorley or Brian Lewerke or any other Big Ten quarterback that you choose that you think is better than Hornybrook, do they make the college football playoff last year? Yeah. But he was just a sophomore. Right. He's a junior this year. And and that was that's kind of the beauty of his first year. You know, he was starting as a true freshman, I believe. And that that was really rough to watch at times. And it was rough to watch at times last year. But... It it seems like right when he was getting to the point where things were starting to fall apart for him and his confidence was starting to wean, he would make a big play and and get get it back together again. Um, so I'm really hoping that this year that can it can all come together and he can take these experiences, you know, and hopefully hold on to the ball mm. a little more when when he should and. Uh, I mean, he throws a great deep ball. He throws a better deep ball than the Badgers have had in a while. So that option is always there, but he forces it too much. And he's got some good wide receivers, So, and they're a year older as well. So hopefully that helps him. But really, just keep handing it off to Taylor. And, and really, they, they have a whole stable of running backs. Their second and third string backs would be starters on a lot of other teams. I could probably get four yards of carry behind that offensive line, don't you think? Oof, yeah, probably. I could get a lot more than four yards for my one carry. Right, one carry. Then, then, then nuts and done. bolts. Nuts and bolts would be crashing. Mm-hmm. It would be. Here's an idea. Saw this online today from Danny Cannell. Former quarterback, now yes. college football expert. Uh, he said college football needs to copy college basketball and implement conference challenge weekends, like Big Ten versus ACC, you know, Pac-12 versus SEC, and just for one weekend have those two conferences go against each other. Thoughts? Um, interesting, but wh- where do you where do you where do these games come from? Oh, I mean, they're true home games. All of them. Okay. No neutral site. This is true home games. Okay, so, but what, does each team play one less conference? No, this would be one of their non-conference games. Okay. And so instead of uh, scheduling uh, Little Sisters of the Poor and Cupcake U and maybe a mid-level team in a neutral site, well, that's, you get two of those games and then the conferences come together and say, you're going to play this game. That's their preseason, essentially, though, is always their, right. their cupcake so, but They don't want to lose those. But if everybody does it, then, it, then the playing field is back level again. I would have to imagine that at some point in time, college football is going to realize well they probably already do realize it's just it's getting the programs to buy into it these coaches they've always done things a certain way that you know and in football when something's done a certain way it is hard to change it as we know but the money that's being left on the table by playing these cupcake games if they would play like uh was it two or three years ago uh, the Badgers opened up the season against LSU at Lambeau, mm-hmm. and they beat them. Right. Um, That's how you get marquee wins. That and and that is, you know, instead of playing a a MAC team or whatever the whatever team they were, they're probably playing this year. I don't even know who they open up against this year because it's just some cupcake mm-hmm. game. But instead of doing that, you know, the money that's not being made by playing these wimpy teams you pay those wimpy teams to come to your stadium and get their butts kicked exactly uh you would think eventually 
they're gonna so this is gonna happen you would think so because the money is there to be made mm-hmm. and the interest is there the fans want it the so and and like they always say you follow the money the money's there it makes sense it should i don't know if Danny Cannell's exact plan is going to be enacted, but I think we're going to be seeing less and less of these cupcake games as the years go on. I hope so, because it's just annoying. And and it's Alabama is the worst offender. I I saw a stat somewhere where in the last twenty years they have played the fewest true road game non conference games by mile. Out of any FBS school. Well... Because they just don't go anywhere. Maybe, you know, obviously then that's a, you know, Nick Saban. Yeah, they don't... Apparently he's a, a fan of it and... I mean, if you have a football team like that, I would think you'd want to take on some challenges. Because they are clearly the best football program in America. Why not go above... Why not go north to play a game for the first time in your life? What's... What are you afraid of if you're that good? Yeah, Ellis, you came up to Lambeau. There you go. How 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 great would that be if this year, obviously that LSU game had been scheduled years in advance, but how great would it would it be if if this year Alabama was opening up against Wisconsin at Lambeau Field? Right. Uh, they'd make so much money. Oh my goodness. I mean, Alabama a couple of years ago canceled. Uh, it was actually supposed to be either this year or last year canceled a home and home with Michigan State that they oh, had scheduled. Yeah, that's right. And and then and either team, you know, obviously one of those teams is going to lose the game. But and then, the, but the team that loses, they still have the whole season to pick up those yeah, pieces. And it's not that a bad loss, loss. No, that loss is not going to count against their. No, you know, if the Badgers open up the season against Alabama this year, lost that game, and then went undefeated the rest of the season, they'd be in. They would be in for sure. That'd be a good loss, especially mm-hmm. if it was a close game. Right. So let's make this happen. Let's get some something going here with this. When we come back, we'll talk some more college football, get a little taste of NMU football. They have nowhere to go but up. It is almost impossible to get worse. So we'll get a little bit, some clips from Coach Kyle Nystrom. Stick around with us here on the Sports Bend. High school football season is just around the corner, and ESPN-UP is your home for high school sports in the UP. Get ready for the upcoming season with our Marquette County Football Kickoff Show. We'll talk with all five coaches and get their take on what you can expect from your favorite high school football team in 2018. Tune in to the Marquette County Football Kickoff Show Thursday at 5 after the Sports Pen. Presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union, your home mortgage professionals. Only on ESPN-UP. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. Now let me tell you about the first fish fry that took place less than 50 yards from the front door of the Carp River Saloon. One day the three toads feed waded across the river with his weekly provisions. A sack of flour, a bag of fish, a basket of eggs, and a pot of oil. Well, Speed tripped on a log and everything went flying. The pot landed in the fire. Everything else landed in the pot. Yes, Steve said it was messy but tasty. Uh, the Friday Fish Fry at the Carp River Saloon at Marquette Mountain, where things are always looking up. Open daily at noon. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Give us a call, 906-226-4570. Blake Froling, Charlie Bremer with you. Today is a good day. It is a it good day. It was a good day. Whatever he says. It's what he said. Right. Let's talk some NMU football. NMU football. We had the introductory press conference today with Coach Kyle Nystrom. Okay. Team coming off a 1-9 and nine season Ooh. in his first year on campus. Plenty of work to do, and he acknowledges that. So uh, why don't we just get right into it? Uh, this is edited for length. It was about a 20-minute press conference. Man, we this have, guy's worse than me. We have 16 minutes, so can't play it all. So I just took the best of the best. All right? So here's a little bit of what That's he had to say. That's why I'm here. Right. 
we had a lot of stuff to fix. And how I operate with running the program with the coaches and, and myself is we do what we do. You know, I do the things we did at Western, at TCU, at Central, at North Dakota State, the things that, that I liked and I think are good for us. And that's what we run. So I don't change anything schematically or uh, how we operate with our players, how we manage our players, what we want of them, how we act. You know, we're still about effort and toughness uh, academically, socially, and athletically. That's not going to change. It's just, okay, what are our problems last year? A lot of it had to do with skill set. So the only way you fix that is to what? Recruit and develop. And so that's what we've been working on. Are we perfect yet? No. It's really a one-year, you know, it's one year. You know, you, what you take away from last year is where are you deficient? And then you work on where you're deficient. And uh, we had a lot to work on. Coach Nystrom also talked about what he expected from second-year quarterback Ryan Johnson and some of the areas he needs to improve in going into this season. To be a quicker decision-maker, to have more poise and to be a little more relaxed in there, in the pocket, which he, he's a totally different player than he was last year. And um, for a guy going into his sophomore year, he had a very good spring. He's very good right now. It's not – he's – when you watch him play and when we go against each other, it's not like you're going against just a, a newborn sophomore. He looks like he's been around the block a few times. He's got pretty good command of things. Does he still make a, you know, a blooper here and there? Yeah, but who doesn't? You know, that's why we practice. And, but he's doing well. He's got, he's got a lot more poison in the pocket, and we've got a little more around him to help him. NMU football brings back its biggest weapon from last year, running back Jake Mayon, who's on pace to break the NMU career rushing record if he stays healthy. And Coach Nystrom says so far he likes what he sees. He, he, yeah, he's better. He's better than he was last year. I don't let him do a whole lot. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I don't let him get hit a lot. A lot. I gave him a, a series in the scrimmage. We had a hard time tackling him. He's strong. He works at it. He's quick. Uh He'll have a good year. Here's our goal as a football program right now, to be relevant again, to be relevant. You know, I hate when people say, what record will make you happy? I don't look at that. Here's what I want us to be, relevant again, like we were in the 70s and the 80s, okay? Our first year in the GLIAC, I think, was 87. Does that sound about right? And we were the best team in the league, and not just by a little bit, but by far. But, you know, we were lining up with... Steve Avery, Rick Pop, you know what I mean? Danny McCoy, Brian Franks. Um, we, had, we had really good people. Frank Harris, Joel Yagi, Bobby Mariucci and on defense. You were running around with Klingbeil, Kenny Klein, Mark Maddox, Brad Sheenaman, Jerry Woods, Aaron Powell, Scotty Johnson, Brad Grable. They were all, they were all league players. You know, we were... We were bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody, and it showed. And so we're not like that right now. Not yet, but someday, someday. That was Coach Kyle Nystrom talking here uh, at his intro press conference. One thing that struck me the most was that he wanted for the expectations, he just wanted the program to be relevant again. He didn't have a number for wins, but in your mind – as maybe more of a casual observer, someone who's been up here longer than me, what would it take this year and in the next couple of years for NMU football to be relevant again? I would just say if they could get back to around 500, you know. Just, so a consistent 500 program just, would just, be relevant? It would definitely have me a lot more interested. And, and I've been meaning, you know, to kind of force myself to – to get to some NMU games, um, I have some some good friends that they're actually part of our Packer parties. They're part of our Packer Ugh. fan club here um, that are retired at, from NMU, and and they're constantly offering me free tickets, and I just don't know why I haven't gone. Because um, they haven't been relevant. It would make it a whole lot easier to go if if yeah if they were just at least a 500 team. What what do you think? What would make them relevant to you? I think with with high school sports being so popular 
And with the Packers being so popular, yes. Michigan, Michigan State being so popular, I think they have to be better than 500. Maybe not just this year, but just in the long run to stay relevant. They have to be competing for GLIAC titles every single year, yeah. and then people will get interested. 500 will – it'll move the meter for some Certainly people. Help. It'll help. And, and baby steps. I'm not, I'm not saying it's 7-2 and two right. or 7-3 and three or bust, but to overall be relevant in the next five years, they have to be competing for GLIAC championships or else there's just too, much other, too many other things for people to focus on. Yep. So otherwise they'll just get lost in the shuffle. So that's what Coach Nystrom has to say. Uh, preseason op- or preseason, the regular season openers on the road, uh, September first, I believe. Then they'll be back home the next week. Maybe you check them out then. I I definitely I have no excuses. There you go. Um, You're in the biz now, so you have to <laughs> do your do your homework. I you know what I uh, I guess I will do that. I will go to their first home game, and and the following Tuesday. You'll give you a full recap. Can't wait. And we certainly know it will be full. Very full. Very. It, you don't even have – nobody else has to go to the game. It will they be, just have to listen to you. Yeah, it will be overflowing. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. An overflowing recap. Mm-hmm. Now, we only have nine minutes left, so when we Let's come back, we're going to talk some baseball. Nice. Saved it for the yes. end. You've got, you've got your, your Tigers stat that I was skeptical about. Is it a stat? I've told you what it is now. Is it is it, it is it's I guess kind it's of a stat. stat. It's a percentage. Okay, so a percentage is a stat. Nice. So Tiger stat that is good that you might not expect. Yes. So we'll get to that right after this year on the Sports Pen presented by John's Auto Marquette. There are days that you I mean, just don't feel like cooking. But your family deserves something healthier than a bag from the drive-thru or pizza delivery. Drop by the Marquette Food Co-op Kitchen and Cafe, where you'll find wholesome, made-from-scratch food using the freshest local ingredients available. With made-to-order sandwiches, a fully stocked deli, bakery, salad bar, and our hot bar with a different theme each day, the Marquette Food Co-op makes dinner preparation convenient, quick, and healthy. Stop in on your way home. Feel good. Shop the co-op, where everyone is welcome. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. Final segment here on the Sports Pen. Blake's jamming. Yeah. He's, he's uh, moving his chair. Yeah. I was moving with, with music. Is that white guy dancing? Yes, that's about all I that's have. white guy dancing over there. That's why we're on radio. Thank God. So, baseball, finally. I teased this in our promo today that you had a stat that is surprising about the Tigers, and I was skeptical about it. Why don't you share with the class what you learned? Well, two days ago when I first checked it out, it was uh, a little different. Now, uh, the Tigers' position has changed. Very, very minor change. Mere percentage points. Just get on with it. As of as of two days ago, but we're gonna go as of now. Who do you think has a better home winning percentage? The Tigers, the Washington Nationals, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and and as of two days ago, the Houston Astros. Do you want me to answer this? Because I kind of know the answer already. Well, if I would have told you two that you, yeah, I would have picked I, the Astros. Right? Who wouldn't have? I mean, they're seventy five and fifty. And and actually now the athletics are technically in first place in that division. Wow, they have, they have the tiebreakers. Yeah, well the Astros are two and eight in their last ten. Yes, yes. So you're gonna get on to the stat here. The Tigers have a better home winning percentage than the Los Angeles Dodgers and Washington Nationals, both teams that were essentially picked by everybody to win their respective divisions. Obviously, the Dodgers still could, um, but the Tigers are. Within mere percentage points, I mean one win, or one win for the one home win for the Tigers, or one home loss for any of these other teams would put the Tigers ahead of them again. Uh, 
teams like Colorado, uh, Arizona, another division leader. Uh, I, we already mentioned the Astros. Um, it, that's just in, incredible to me. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels, which I believe they're a better baseball team than their record indicates right now. They're at 500. Um, the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Tigers have, it's incredible to me, their home winning percentage is as good or better than all of these teams that were very highly regarded teams going into the season. Right, so they're 32-30 and 30 at home, but things kind of fall off a cliff when you go on the road. Yes. Tigers are 19-44 and 44 on the road. Yes. So that kind of puts a damper on your stat. But, but isn't that something, though? They're, and that's not a small sample size. In 62 games at home, they are over 500. So are they a ball club that's they're made to play? They're designed to play with, with big gaps, with a big outfield, hit, hit a bunch of doubles? I think it's more the pitchers don't give up as many home runs at home. Okay. Okay. Because pitching is not good. They give up a lot of home runs. Just not as many at Comerica because a lot of those get caught. Talk about a pitcher giving up home runs. Chase Anderson. Yeah, that was in my sports center. I think he has five home runs in the last three games. But, I mean, over the last two years, I think he's given up more home runs now than any other National League pitcher. Oh, that's quite possible. That's um, also, we need to get to the trades that happened right before the show. Okay. With the, dot, with the Nationals, excuse me. The Cubs... And the Cardinals both got oh better. Oh, goodness, not the Cardinals. The Cubs traded for Daniel Murphy. Yeah. And the Cardinals traded for Matt Adams. Got him back. Are you worried? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Daniel Murphy is to that age. Um, he, he was a real surprise the last few years. Um, he's just another one of those guys that's completely fallen off the map. He's, he was hurt this year. Yeah, but even when he came back, he's played six terrible. home runs, twenty nine RBIs, three hundred batting average. His batting average is up to three hundred now. Last time I saw it, it was in the low twos, seven eighty three OPS. So, eh, not when, great. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's above a, average. A seven eighty OPS, anything over seven forty for a second baseman, I consider to be pretty good. But he's he's a power hitting second baseman in the past, at least. So. I mean, were were the Cubs really in need for a middle infielder? Just depth on the bench. I suppose. That's all they need. Prevent injuries. He could play outfield, too. Didn't he move from the outfield? Am I wrong on that, um, Daniel Murphy? I'm not, uh, you know, he, he, he hasn't been a player. I know all about guys that are in the Central Division. But not in the um, NL East. The NL East, it, it becomes a little more. Eh, yeah, I miss. think... The Brewers should not be afraid of the Cubs because the Cubs are just not their opponent anymore. They, they've won the division. They've wrapped it up. They still have like eight games against the Cubs. I, I'm calling it right now. Cubs won the division. Are you putting it in the bank to try and earn some interest? Yes. Pop the champagne, Chicago. You won the division. The Brewers need to focus on the wild card right now. And they need to focus on the Cardinals. They need to focus on the, the Dodgers, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, this the is Braves. The, this is what the Brewers need to do. They need to focus on winning some ball games Consistently. How about that? That'd be nice. Um, well, if they could just go on like a nice... 30-game uh, win streak? That'd be nice. Even, even just a nice 10-5 and five stretch in the next two weeks, just over two weeks, that would bump them right... I mean, that would put them right where they need to be and they'd, they'd probably have a nice few-game lead in that wild card. Just this everyday bullcrap of... Well, what's wrong? Why can't they find that consistency, Mr. Cub or Brewers expert? Their starting pitchers give up too many home runs. The last few weeks, they've been playing from behind way too much. Now, if I recall, at the trade deadline, you told me you were confident in that pitching rotation... And rebuked me for saying that they needed to get a high-quality starting pitcher. Well, and now you're saying the starting pitching is the problem? The stats? Mm. Well, well, really, really, it's Jonathan Scope, apparently second base, being a second baseman for the Brewers, means no matter how good you are... You just hit 150. You're going to hit 150 and have a slugging percentage under 300 because look at Scooter Jeanette 
leaves the second base at Milwaukee, goes to become an all-star second baseman with the Reds. Let's see what Jonathan VR does now. Um, but but really, I mean, they could they could still use some improvement on offense as far as getting guys in from third with less than two outs. That has been killing the Brewers for years. But you know, is that something they can they can fix overnight? They had all season to do it. You well, they've had years to do it. It hasn't happened. I really, I really wonder what what they're going to do the rest of the year. It's weird because they're starting pitchers that they're near the top of the league in quality starts. Hmm. So why aren't? How is this? How does that not match production? It's just weird to me. We're gonna have to find out next Tuesday because we're out of time. Yikes! Thanks again, Charlie. Chase Anderson gave up two hits yesterday, both solo homers. That's just unfortunate. Brewers won three to two, though. Thank goodness. We're out of time, though. I'm, I'm turning your mic off now. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Blake. You're listening to ESPN UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.